we're into our seventh month since the transition of myself into the senior minister's role. And if you wanted to know it from my perspective, it's been a huge ride, a roller coaster, ups and downs, but more ups than downs, of stepping into the mantle of what God's calling us to do. It's also been seven months of reflection in the sense of where God has us and where he's taking us. And I want to communicate this in a way that will speak to your heart and will encourage you to get ready for next week as we boast in the Lord. Because that's next week I want to boast in the Lord. Yeah. God has been faithful through this time. He's been faithful through the whole time that we've been part of the, the city. But I've seen an air of anticipation rise. Key words like breakthrough and victory and influence are becoming our reality. One thing I am grateful for is we have not stalled nor stopped taking ground for the kingdom of God. This is because we still have the same purpose. With the change in leadership, sometimes people expect a change in direction. They're like, okay, God's going to direct the church in a different way. I don't believe that. I never have thought that. In the changing of the leadership, it was always about consolidation of who God's called us to be and the advancement so that we could grow into a greater capacity of it. And, and I believe that's the same today as we step into Vision Sunday. God has clearly made the case that our direction is his direction. And although some of this means, some of the means of growing to the fullest extent may change, our very purpose as a church doesn't. The means sometimes has to. Like sometimes you've got to upgrade the, the uh, if you're in England, you'd call it a lorry. If you're in Australia, you'd call it like a small truck. Um, sometimes you've got to upgrade the small truck and go to a, a dual axle drive truck and sometimes you've got to upgrade the drive truck and go to a, a semi truck and then sometimes you've got to even think bigger than that and go to a B double or a road train because God's purposes need to continue to grow in our life. Does that make sense? So sometimes the sometimes the means of how we get to where we're going has to change. But the purpose doesn't. So I've been expectantly waiting for today for a long time and, and my prayer is that I can communicate to you in a way that you can catch some of the dreams God has given you I don't want this to be nicely formulated words I want it to be my heart to you so I want to split this talk into three sections firstly I want to uh, commit to you like an in introduction from scripture and then secondly I want to open up because we we are a different church to when we first put out these vision and values um, in 2014 so i want to open up the vision and values in a way that will make sense to you because some of you haven't really heard it and then thirdly i want to commit a challenge and between one and the other i'll, I'll bring michael up and as, as a bit of a break for us so like i said i want i want this to speak to you from a prophetic heart from the father heart from the sense of this is what I believe God is calling us into and he's confirming each day as I'm outworking my call and as I see you outworking your call. Like I said, these words, breakthrough, victory, influence, are becoming our reality. So, this introduction passage. It's found in Colossians 1. It says this, He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Which means the church that you're sitting in was created by him, for him, through him, and for the external, the internal purpose of what he's doing. You were created for exactly the same thing. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18, 
And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you, who were once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became minister so that's colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 23 and i see three things in this for us as an introductory reflection today firstly jesus is the beginning the end and the center of all we do so as we as we talk about vision this is the underpinning statement of what we are about we we must filter everything through the cross we must filter everything through God's love for you and for me. We must filter everything we do with Jesus at the center and his eternal purpose to win or atone or to bring back and redeem the lost to his Father. That is exactly who we are. And any form of vision must be on that before anything else. The second thing is I want us to understand is without Jesus, you and I would not actually exist in unity. I would not be here. You would not be here. This building would not be here. The church called Life Source Church would not be here. The church down the road called Grace would not be here. Sacred Heart would not be here. The Presbyterian, without Jesus, there would be no church. Whatever label, whatever name, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. What matters is it's His church. And as members of His church, as part of the body of the church, as part of His bride, your call is to grow upward into Christ so that you can be the expressed or manifold wisdom of God here and now. So vision must come from this place. And to do this, Holy Spirit must be trusted and Holy Spirit must be allowed to guide us into the fullness of Christ. I think within the church, you've got almost two sides. You've got those who are skeptical of God and the Holy Spirit and you've got those who are embracing the Holy Spirit. Guys, we've got to settle this in our heart. You cannot be skeptical of that which God gave you. He is God. He will not lead you into a place that is hell or the devil. And you must learn to trust the Holy Spirit as He leads you through the Word of God and through the experience of God in your life. And the third point I want to draw from this passage of Scripture is this, we are reconciled at a cost. It was the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of God that this comes into purpose. We were reconciled to God by His achievement, not by ours. So you can put any thought of your works, of your attempts to try and please God, aside and leave it behind you and walk away from it because you will never ever ever please God in your attempts which is why when I talk about giving to God it's not about what you can afford it's about what God has asked you to give because with that comes favor does that make sense so so and it's not because you've done it it's because he's already done it 
it cost him a lot for you to be sitting in that chair. And when you reconcile this in your life, then you realize it doesn't cost you very much to give God your everything. But if you're in an old mentality, if you're, if you're caught in a religious way, even one dollar would be hard for you to give to God. Even one minute of your time would be hard for you to give to God. But when you realize that it cost him everything, as gratitude rises in your heart, you're able to say, God, I want to give you my all. There's songs that are written about that where, where we're like, I have nothing to give, but I give you myself. And it's the reflection that I am nothing when it comes to the reflection of God in my life. And when you understand Scripture, it says, the you that you think you are, when you came to Jesus, you are dead. A vision must come from the fact that the life you now live is given unto God. And the reason you sit here today and the reason you chose to come to church today is because somewhere in you, you believe that and you want to connect with it. We cannot grow. We cannot make a difference. We cannot even expect to see His plans in our lives in this city to make a difference unless we learn to settle in our heart this one point. We see Jesus is the beginning, the end, and the center of everything we do. The old that is me is dead, and the life I now live under God is God's. How many of us fall prey to the lies of the devil that says, fall away. God doesn't care about you. You've got a sore toe today. You're carrying a sickness in your body that you shouldn't be carrying. What filthy lies these are. God wants to do so much more with us. So this, these are the three points that vision must come from. The Bible clearly states that Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith and the head of the church, and we are His body to outwork His plans of redemption for our area that He has placed us. As we do this, He leads us as our head and advances the, the vision to impact the world. When we become faithful in a little, He will open up the rest. And, and whose desires is it to impact the world? It's God's who put it in you. You see, everything we do, up for you. Everything we do must come from this kingdom perspective. Like, I don't know where you see the church at the moment. If you're buying into the media's lies that the church is on the decline, then you haven't connected with reality. The times are actually growing. It is getting closer and closer to the time where Jesus will return. And if that is not getting you prepared, is that not shaking you up from where you are sitting? If that's not saying, God, I, I don't want to be part of that anymore. Because when God returns, He's looking to find faith amongst His people. Faith amongst the earth. And you say, I want to be faithful. I don't want to be just found in faith. And I want the church to be full of faith. And that means that we need to be ever expanding, ever increasing, ever growing the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God never detracts. It always grows. It'll be like saying the universe is contracting. Now, what rot, load of rot is that? We know that the universe is being created. Every day it's growing. And if the universe is supposed to reflect the glory of God, then how big is the kingdom of God supposed to be in our lives? The kingdom of God advances and it's small mindsets that stop it from growing. So do not buy into the lies of the media. The second area, so that was like just an introduction to understand where, where vision comes from. It doesn't come from this little place where you think you're sitting in a room and you're hearing from God. It doesn't come from that. It comes from the manifold wisdom of God as He speaks to you 
day in, day out from the riches of his glory. And the vision must run from there. Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3 says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. There's, there's, there's no implication there that we should be walking or plodding or crawling in the presence of God. The implication is that we should run with the vision that God has for us. Verse 3, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. We were born for such a time as this. When you die, you will never get the opportunity to serve God the way that you do today. That's why God brought you into this place. It will not lie. So start that again. It hastens to the end, the vision. It awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Waiting for God is not like waiting in a, in a, in a doctor's waiting room, by the way. You're not waiting for your number to be called. Waiting for God is active and must be active in all that you do. It's not putting the snoo- hitting the snooze button. We'll just stick with that analogy again today. It's not hitting the snooze button on God. It's actively seeing that God has a purpose for you right now. In this moment, He's calling you to be Him to the person who doesn't know Him. And how we steward that will take us into the manifold wisdom of God that will transform your nation. We have a responsibility and accountability between us and God. Who knows that? One day you will sit before the beamer seat of God. One day you will. I will be accountable for how I led those who God entrusted me to lead. And I do not want to stand before God and say, God, it was those people you gave me that caused me to sin. Because I do not want to be counted with Adam in that. So I will be accountable before God as to how I inspire you with the vision of God and you will be accountable before God of how you run with the vision. For me, I don't know. I don't know where you sit with the fear of the Lord, but that's a great motivator right there. That there is a great motivator. But when you understand the concepts of the fear of the Lord, you realize that it's not actually supposed to scare you. It's supposed to push you deeper into Him. Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3. It will surely not delay. The concepts I see in this for today is that, that we make plain the vision Jesus has given us that opens up a path of breakthrough and victory for us and those that we reach so that we can grow up into the head that is being Christ-like or Jesus to those we minister to. However you want to package that, however you want to say that, Whatever your generation hears, it's about you being a minister to the people of God and to those who don't know Him. Jesus is our breakthrough and Jesus is our head. At the start of this year, we heard two messages on breakthrough. If you're asleep through that, I apologize. You can always go to the internet, Life Source Church, and you can listen to it again. Because if you're hanging on to God for a breakthrough, now is the time of breakthrough. If you're not experiencing breakthrough, it's not because God's withholding it, because you're still sitting back waiting on God. The third thing that happened, so there was two messages on breakthrough. The third prophetic thing that happened was this word from Pastor Rodney. Deuteronomy 28.13 And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. You, Life Source Church, are the head and not the tail. That is a prophetic word from heaven itself. And it must impact your heart because it's about a transformation of the way you think because you are not to be downtrodden. 
You are not tasteless salt that needs to be trodden underfoot. You are tasteful salt. You are salt that is meant to bring preservation to the nation that you live in. You are salt that is meant to bring flavor into your community. You are salt of the earth. You are not meant to be downtrodden. If we remain true to the vision the Lord has given us, He will be true in making us the head and not the tail. I don't know if any of you have seen this document. We need to update it a little bit. I think it's three years old, maybe four now. This is our vision and values document. The reason we don't have any rest left pr printed is because I probably need to update the, the introduction and sign it as your senior minister. But let me read something to you out of this. Whoops, need a staple. Vision. Life Source Church has been called of God to make a difference by revealing the love, grace, and compassion of Jesus Christ and meeting the spiritual and practical needs of our neighbors on a local and global scale. He has called us to unite together as one body with Christ as the head to become a life-giving, influential presence in our community he has called us to live a life of service and sacrifice so that the cause of Jesus Christ will be fulfilled. We purposefully and strategically educate, encourage, inspire and motivate people to deliver and live out a personal faith devoted to Jesus Christ. We continually seek excellence in providing relevant pathways and services that teach knowledge and understanding for life. We facilitate a meaningful and abundant life through wisdom and revelation from God's Word. We encourage active participation in church life and the practice of sacrificial living. We teach the importance of generosity which honors God and partners in the work of the church. We aim to be a vibrant community, a melting pot of ethnic and social diversity, which provides help to those with needs and offers assistance in better ways of living. We see our facilities as a beehive of activity, which will become a resource center of the community. The foundation of all we do is our faith in the saving grace of Christ the finished work of the cross, and the victory of his resurrection. Our desire is to be of relevance to our community and our commitment is to the ongoing work of the cause. The vision of Life Source Church is to be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope, and expressing love. I don't know if you heard in that what I was saying before. That is who we are. That has not come from one person sitting in an office thinking about God. That came from the individuals of Life Source Church at the time who said, These are the things that are important to us. And when we uplifted that sacrifice to God, He breathed on it and brought life into it as our vision. Vision is about encapsulating the heartbeat of God and running the race that he has set before us. How do you do that? How does vision, how does a simple vision statement, like that vision statement up there, how does that become, I'm going to throw this one in a minute, how does that become part of all that we're doing? It's all the legs sore from, from paintball. How, how does that, play out how does that look well we've got four visual icons and i i'm going to go over time i know that i'm sorry no i'm not i'm absolutely not sorry at all and then michael Dallas is going to come and he's going to share and we're going to pray for him and we're going to set him off on the joy bomb around the world come on and then no you won't 
you won't go over time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we do that by, we have four visual icons on the wall. Some of you have walked in here and go, what are they? You know, what are these things? Well, I see these as four pillars of our vision. It's who God's called us to be and how we meant to perform it. Firstly, we've got this one up here. Oh, I might read that first. I might read this first. Can you allow me to read this first? Yeah? What's it say? And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If they're our pillars, this is like our capstone, because everything that we do is all about discipleship. If we're not about discipleship, then we should all just pack up and go home. Seriously. Because God will fill this house with people that are all about discipleship. He'll fill this people that are all about the Great Commission and going and telling the world. No worries about that. But i got something in me that says that you want to be a part of this. That's why you call Life Source home. So these four things, they all have to pertain to this thing, this, this message right here. But it's about the Great Commission, about making disciples of Christ. So we have these four visual icons, yeah? What's that say? Someone read it back to me nice and loud. We believe to reveal, in the need to reveal the truth of God through our words and our actions. There's actually a statement that goes along with that visual icon. And that visual icon links to one of our values, the value of mission in our life. The value of mission is so much more than just sending someone overseas. The value of mission is saying that we are on a mission and that we are part of the mission of God wherever we are. And if it's in the city of Griffith, we're a part of that mission and we're going to stick our hands up and we're going to go and deliver phone books because it's part of the mission of God. right? And we're going to grab hold of whatever God's doing right now. And if there's a kids club, we're going to jump on board of that because it's part of the mission of God. And if there's a guest speaker coming in, well, you know, we're going to go invite three or four people to come. And if they don't want to come and not be healed, well, then that's their problem. But I've done what I've got to do. And I'm going to walk into the presence of God and I'm going to be healed. See, that's part of the mission of God. And to be a lion in that is to be courageous. It's to work as part of the pride. It's to work as part of a team. It's to see that God has called us together to be missional. We're not lone lions. There's one lone lion out there. His name's the devil. He roars around. He's prowling. He's trying to scare you to wit so that you don't do the mission of God. One lion against a thousand doesn't really match up, does it? Yeah? One lion against the soldiers of Christ. Come on. Think about it. The mission of God is one number one value in our life. So when we're talking about evangelism, it's not just to encourage you to do it. It's part of who we are. And it doesn't need to be, a, I don't want it to be a pipe dream. I want it to be an everyday occurrence in our life. I want us to get up in the morning and I want to say, God, it's so nice to have you with us. It's so good to be called into your presence. It's so good to have you in my life. But you know what? I want to share this with that other person today so that they can experience the joy that I have with you. That's the mission of God. Be a part of that. Jump on board of that. It's a pillar of who we are. To God's called you to be. The next one is the face of a man, and pretty good-looking man, I reckon. I don't know, it's just an image, but to me, it inspires me because I look at that man and I think, wow, we're called into the community of God. What a privilege that is. That we can sit in the community of God, with God. The Bible tells us where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Hmm. And then there's a greater level at the corporate that God, His indwelling presence, like God, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. And as we praise God, He comes and He, he inhabits us even to a greater level. And I see this community, it draws us stronger into unity. We believe that every individual has the right to belong. God opens the door so that we can belong in His family. 
And there's all these things in this document. I, can, I could read to you our commitments to that, but grab it yourself. I've got no time. The next one is this four, third pillar called grace. We just spent five weeks over Easter talking about the gift of grace, who grace is, what it is. It's the empowering presence to be able to do the things that he's called us to do. We believe in the transformed life through the grace of God. Who was here when I, yeah, in, in driver? Yeah? Put your hand up if you're still part of the church in driver. Look at this. Look, look. Right. Who ever remembers my first communion message? I'm not saying, do you remember the content? Do you remember how I delivered it? Seriously? What we do as Christians is we compare ourselves with those who we want to aspire to. We don't realize the journey that they were on to get to that place. Every journey with God has to start somewhere. Every journey of purpose must begin in its infant stage. From that one moment at that pulpit, I could have run. But here I am talking to you people today about the vision of God, about how he's calling us to be one, to be unified for his purpose, for the express purpose of faith, hope, and love when we look at it. Why? Because God has done such a work of grace in my life that I cannot contain it to myself. That's what grace is all about. See, it's not about you. Because if it was still me, if I was still giving that first communion message today, I'd still be as nervous as nervous can be. And I would lose every word and I have to read every word. Why? Because the moment I step into me, I step into all of my insecurities. The moment I step into God and his purpose, I step into his fullness and his provision. And you have that privilege as well. Because I believe in the ministry of all believers, the priesthood of all believers. I believe that Jesus, the same gift that he gives me, is open to you. It's called provision. It's called grace. It's called favor. The moment you step into that, that becomes attractional in your life. The old you that has dominance now doesn't appear to be as good as Jesus is in that grace, in that place. That's why I speak too long. I'm not apologizing, it's just the truth. Fourthly, we believe each one of us has a purpose in life. The, the very picture of the ox head, the, the, the figure of service, being yoked to Christ and, and yoked into the church and serving the body and serving the community. It, it, it's who we are. We cannot apologize for this. The, the, the mission, the community, the grace, the service, they sound like real catchwords in Christianity. But this is the heartbeat of God for this house. And you're called to serve. And when you serve, you step into a level of joy you've never encountered. So if Christ is our head, see if I can get this thing to work for us. I'm going to sit down while I do that, is that right? So I can watch it. If Christ is our head, <laughs> this is what the Bible taught, teaches us, isn't it? I, I read that out in Colossians 1 this morning. And we sing this song called Cornerstone. We know that's scriptural. It's Ephesians something. Someone will tell me one day. It's Christ our cornerstone. If that's the, the picture, like we, we're called into the body, yeah? If Christ is our cornerstone, and if our vision is put before us, I don't know about you, but that looks pretty cool to me. To be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope, and expressing love. And I remember the moment that uh, we were throwing that around at eldership level and we're, we're trying, to, trying to bring together the very heartbeat of the church, of who God had called us to be. And, and we're throwing around these words and how does this make, make sense to us? Because we knew that it was faith, hope and love was who we were called to be. But hey, God's called us to be unity. He's called us to be the head. He's called us to be the one to charge and to bring the churches into unity 
to bring the purposes of God. So how does this all look? And when this came out, we didn't have the quite as elaborate wording like imparting hope. I remember talking with uh, Margaret Lockridge about it, and she's like, why don't you just use the word imparting? And it just made a lot of sense to me in that moment because that's what we do. We inspire faith here in the house of God, in those that we live with and those that we're called to go with. And then we look at this sense of imparting hope. Like every person you encounter, if they are hopeless, you have the right to bring hope into their life and into their existence. Come on, that's a good word. And then expressing love. Wow, how can we do that? How can't we do that? So if that becomes our vision, you know, write it, make it plain, be a part of who you are so that you can run with it. We've got this sense of for mission, community, grace, and service, columns within the church, pillars of our value for one purpose, to see the Great Commission outworked in our lives. The idea is that we would all grow up into the head, which is Christ. And you might think, wow, that, that, you know, that, that, that's nice and pretty, Steve. It's good that you can put it into a picture for us to understand. But that's the whole point of vision. This is who you are. This is, this is what God's called you to be. And you might think, what's my purpose? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Well, it starts by catching on to the heartbeat of God. And we are called to be His one. That your role is to inspire faith, to impart hope, and to express love in all that you do. That's the vision of Life Source Church. That's God's vision for me and for you. And you're invited into a partnership with God in that. Michael Dalla, would you like to come forward? Next week, we're going to boast about the things of God, and Michael Dalla won't be here, so we're going to boast about him. All right? It's going to be fun. But we're going to talk about the good things of God. And Mike's got probably two, maybe three things he wants to really share quickly with you that God's sharing on his heart. And I don't know where the mic is. Here, here, here. All good. But I just invited Michael just to share a little bit of his testimony. So you guys get to know what God's doing in his life as you partner with him in it. Go for it, man. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, how much time do I have? I really just got five, six minutes. Okay, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I didn't even really write, I wrote a couple of notes, but I really just wanted to speak from the heart, I guess, so let's see how it goes. Um, where to start? Well, I was sitting down there a moment ago, and, um, I honestly just started, I started tearing up because I was just thinking about how much has happened in this house with me and my family and our own personal walk with the Lord. I uh, encountered truth and deliverance and freedom for the first time ever. Yeah, is that better? For the first time ever with Pastor Steve in that office. I was uh, born again right there on my knees. <laughs> I spoke in tongues for the first time right there. My brother Lachlan encountered the Lord for the first time right there. The Lord is so good. But <laughs> since coming into the kingdom, I can see every stage, every step that he's led me through and every new season that he's called me into, every single one of them. My life used to be so dictated by fear, by anxiety, everything. I can't remember a day in my life from childhood, from like, I cannot remember a day in my life where it wasn't every choice always was filtered through fear and anxiety. And when I came into the kingdom, it was still, there was so much fear there. 
And every new step, every step that he's, 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 he's moved me from Wollongong to here, to Canada, to Africa, to back here. And at every step along the way, especially in the early ones, there was so much fear driving those. And I would never embrace the new season that I was walking into. I was always living out of a past day, which I thought I felt good. Like it was one of those days, it was just a season where I thought, oh, that was a good season. You know, that there was a time when things were going well. That there was a, a time in my walk, in my life, that I was, I was living emotionally, I guess. Li- living, wasn't living by faith. But with every season, when I look back now, it's just the Lord has been moving me into this place of excitement and anticipation for the next new season that he's calling me into, which is what he wants to do with every single one of us. It's meant to be a joyful adventure of anticipation, of thinking that even though last season might have felt good, this next season's even better for me because that's where the more joy is. That's where the more peace is. That's where the more of him is. And so a couple of the things that I think I'm just going to share are really things that have almost become like life verses to me and just things that I feel like have really transformed my life. But they're invitations for everyone else, for every single one of us. That new adventure that he's calling every single one of us into. He's calling every single one of us into a new adventure with him. And it's in that adventure. We just we, we need to get into this this mindset where we receive it that this is an invitation for more this is an invitation that I'm going to step into and because there's more of you in it and so I guess I'm super blessed to now be saying that you guys are sending me out as missionaries me and my brothers so we're going to uh the Lord is actually we've been to Africa and when we were in Africa the Lord gave us a clear vision that we're going down to uh Central and South America, I guess, just adventuring with the Lord. And uh, where do I go with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So yeah, he's really putting it on our hearts to to travel down to Central and South America and really just learn how to walk in love, how to walk by the spirit just learn his leading like that's my adventure that's the adventure that he's calling us into we all have this unique adventure that he's calling every single one of us into and the moment he's calling us into this adventure down there and specifically he's really put it on our heart to uh to end up in brazil which i think is like uh from everything that i continuously keep on hearing it seems like Brazil is just on the it's just on the verge of a massive outpouring. The Holy Spirit is just moving in power there, and there's reason that Rodney has already partnered with so many of of, the, of our brothers and sisters over there in Brazil. There's a reason that he's sowing into that into that nation. There's a reason that he's sowing into the kingdom over there because when we sow into something, when we sow into that, we set ourselves up for their breakthrough as well. Their breakthrough becomes our breakthrough. And so I really feel like the Lord has put it on our hearts to, to go down into Brazil. But along the way, we're actually going to be backpacking all through Central America and then through South America, visiting brother and sister churches, many of them through Iris, and then a number of other friends and stuff along the way. And uh, yeah. I really feel like the Lord has called us down to Brazil to see everything that's going to take place there. And then I I feel like there's going to be revival that's breaking out from there and it's going to spread and sweep through the other nations of South America and then into Central America. And so the Lord, while we were in Africa, gave us a vision to start a sailing ministry. In all honesty, I had my first panic attack in Africa. Never had a panic attack in the entirety of my life. Didn't know what they were, but the Lord completely 
blew me away and just overwhelmed me with the extent of how much he knows us, how much he predestined us, these desires that he placed on our hearts since before the foundations of the earth, all these things that throughout my teens, throughout my childhood, that I'd always thought that would be an amazing adventure. That would be awesome. I would love to do that. That would be an incredible adventure, but I never took it seriously. Never took it seriously. They were just thoughts. They were just these sidebinding things. And he brought them all into the kingdom because over the past four years, he's just been bringing me to this place where he says, sow it into him. You know what I mean? Sow everything we've got into him. Sow our passions, sow our desires, sow our family, just everything. Sow it into him in faith. And see, and see the harvest that he wants to bring out of that. You know what I mean? When we sow it into him, we'll see it fulfilled in him. Um, <laughs> I should probably talk about some of the, the dynamics, I guess, of it. Um, I'm not going to share a massive amount of uh, what's happening because I've only got a really short time. But I believe there's going to be a wall over there that's going to have like um, a lot of, uh, I don't know, information and content about what's happening. We really plan to be, uh, my brother's gotten really good at video blogging. He makes like a lot of video edits and everything and the Lord's put it on both of our hearts to, uh, I guess, to video document it all, almost like a Holy Ghost sort of, if you've all seen that movie. Yeah, you've all seen Holy Ghost, some of those things. If you haven't, you're deprived and you should check it out. <laughs> but yeah he's really put it in our hearts to document the entire thing so we're definitely going to be keeping you update with everything because we just we know that we are we need the covering we need the prayers we need the support and everything the lord's really blessed me in this last season and he set me up with a position that is going to be able to cater for me and my brothers financially and everything but the prayer and everything that there is what we're really hoping for from this family, from this body, just to, to cover us and speak into us. If anybody feels it on their heart as well, so at some point even, uh, I don't know, um, commit to some consistent intercession and stuff. It's an incredible opportunity maybe to build up the intercessory, inter intercessory heart of this body and everything as well. And we're definitely open to any of that. Um, I'm just going to share in all honesty couple of verses that the Lord really, and it kind of really fits in with everything that you've just been talking about. Um, so I'm going to read quickly from Hebrews 10. And I just want you to think of this from the perspective of what's said at the start. It's the foundation that sets us up and gives us the ability for the let's that you'll hear in the verses. This is really something that the Lord's been moving in my heart over these last couple of years, and I feel like it's a thing that he's calling this entire body and this family into and everything as well. And so he says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, that he opened for us through the curtains, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us. So all of that was said. We can enter boldly into the throne room of God. We can enter boldly into his presence, into the holies of holies, as children, as son as God, of son of God, as children of God. So that this, you know what I mean? We don't do the let. It's this, so that this, and then he says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I am stealing some of your water. Let us hold fast in the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up in love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another and all the more as you are drawing, as you see the day drawing near. The Lord over the last eight months has just been building this anticipation in me, this excitement. He's eradicated this fear and this anxiety that used to dictate my life from stepping out and doing those things that the Lord always, that that the, had always been on my heart saying that would be an amazing adventure. That would be an awesome thing. That would be an awesome thing. He's eradicated all of those because of that. The enter boldly into the throne room. Come into his presence. Learn to abide. The John 14, John 15. All right. That's basically, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I think that's basically it. I wanted to say one other verse if it's not too hard. Go for it. One more. Yeah. All right. It's Second uh, Peter, one. And Second Peter one. And I'm going to read this to you how I've been reading it to myself. Yeah, good. Because everything, even what Teresa was speaking about last weekend, it was so good. Because the invitation and the call to a life of holiness, to a call of purity, the spotless and clean bride that He's calling us to be. It's an invitation. It's not a condemning father that's speaking down. Every single time you read these verses, read them, personalize. This is his invitation for me into it. And so this has really been a... So it says his divine power, but I'm going to personalize it. My divine power has granted to you all things that pertain to a life of godliness through the knowledge of of my son who has called you to my own glory and excellence by which I have granted to you through my very precious and great promises so that through them you may become partakers of my divine nature. My divine nature. So good. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and this is the key right here, he just... Steve was talking about it, the upward call of the saints. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, yep. they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a good word, man. These are just, these are life verses. <laughs> it's a good word, man. It's a good word. Okay. Mate, that was cool. What do you guys reckon? <laughs> Next time he comes back, he'll probably share a couple of words, I reckon. <laughs> Stay here, Michael. Um, why don't we stand to our feet? I'm going to invite Jamie to come and pray for Michael. So if you didn't catch what Michael was saying there, Michael Dalla, Lachlan Dalla and Stephen Dalla are being sent out by Life Source Church as missionaries of God. How cool is that, eh? Yeah, Jamie, you can use the microphone as you pray. Um, like, that is exciting times. And he's asked us as a church to commit to pray for them. To commit to pray for them, for their experience in God, but that they can be vessels that can carry the goodness of God and the kingdom of God wherever they walk. So can we commit to praying for these three boys? They are sons of this house. You heard him say that. They are sons of Life Source Church. And we're partnering with them now as we send them out. So why don't we just reach out in faith and just uh, just encourage him as Jamie prays. <laughs> oh, oh, it does not take a genius to tell that this man is full of joy. <laughs> you know, Michael, there are, there are different uh, Christians that carry different things. And God always gives someone, I guess... 
more of a highlight of something to bring because we're all called to bring different things to the table. You know, some people bring a, a presence of peace. Some people bring a presence of grace. You bring a presence of joy. And uh, I, I saw a picture of you uh, earlier when Steve was talking. Um, I, I saw a picture of you walking into a, a black garden. And it, it was a very big garden. It was it was higher than your head and you were, you were walking through it and it was night time. And there were, you know, there were thorns everywhere. Everything was dead. But it, it didn't just look dead like you see a, a garden that's like that really ugly yellow color. Like, it, it was black. And as you were walking through, the presence of the Lord was going around you. And all of these things were coming to life. And then the leaves started turning green and gold and orange. And the flowers started coming to life. And the thorns disappeared. And then birds came to nest in the branches. That is the presence of the Lord through you. That is one of the things you bring to the table. It's not the only thing. It's one of many things. It's like the cup in Psalm 23 that overfills. It spills out onto the table in the presence of your enemies. You're walking in not to condemn. You're walking in not to bring judgment, but to bring joy. The, the good news how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, where the, where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is joy. Father, we uplift this man to you. We commit him to you. Everything he does, may he do it in your name. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. This is yours, Lord. His life is not his own. It is yours. He was bought at a price, as are we all, as are his brothers and his mother and father. This family is yours to bring you glory and to grow in relationship with each other and you and to bring your blessing onto this earth. Father, bless this man. Bless his brothers as they travel together. May they bring the gospel in all its fullness, not just the message of salvation, but Everything that encompasses discipleship. The gospel in all its fullness. The message of Christ in all its fullness. Change this man. As you have been doing his entire life, and especially so much so over the last few years as he has begun to walk in obedience, now more so, Lord, we ask that you take him and his brothers to greater heights where they, they might feel inadequate, but Father, that's okay because that's an opportunity for them to trust in you. And I pray, Lord, that as we uh, pray for them, you would inspire us to continually lift them up in prayer so that they could achieve the impossible through you. And I pray, Father, that you know, as they're documenting everything, as they're filming everything, as they're, you know, as they're getting stories of what you're doing through them, and around them, that these stories would come back and encourage us. Father, build this atmosphere of missionaries, Father, senders and goers. Build this mindset that we would then send out more, that we would provide for more, that we would become more connected with all that is happening, especially in Central and South America, Lord God. Use us for your glory. Grace us with your power, your presence, and your love. Raise this man and use him to encourage those around him. Use him to bring joy. Use him to bring peace. Use him to bring hope. A message, Father, of who you are. That when people look at him, they wouldn't see Michael Dalla, but they would see Jesus in his eyes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for who you are, Lord, and how you display yourself. We honor you. We love you. Use this man to bring breakthrough. Use this man to break chains. As the three of them travel together, may they be unbreakable. Father, this joy that transcends circumstance, it transcends emotion, because, Father, it is not an emotion, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Thank you. Use it. Breathe your life through them. In Jesus' name, we all pray.
Amen. Amen. Let's give a clap offering to the Lord, yeah? Praise the Lord. Good job, man. Nice job. Isn't it encouraging to see young people catch the vision of God and just run with the kingdom, yeah? Hey, guys, I'm going to finish there. We won't do point three. Thank you very much for hearing the heart. Next week we've got part two. So maybe we'll talk about Isaiah 60 next week. yeah? Because that's really where God's leading us. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. It's time for us to see that the light has dawned, that Christ is with us, and we're meant to take that light into the world around us. May you be encouraged. May you take time with the Lord this week. May you thank God for sending people out. But may you also, um, may it, hear this properly, may it make you jealous so that you too can be moved in the things of God. May it make you jealous for his time. May it make you hungry to press into what God has for your life. And that deeper sense of relationship and the invitation that God has for you. Father, I just thank you that we would not only see the vision, but that we would step into your invitation of drawing near. May we be transformed as we press into you and into the upward call that is Christ. Father, may you transition through our lives this week and show us, Lord, exactly who you want us to be. Give us purpose. Inspire us with hope that we may express love in our environment and communities. Thank you, Lord. May you do a mighty work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Stick around, have a tea or a coffee, and 